Greetings, welcome, welcome to another edition of Revolutionary Hoodoo, New Orleans Hoodoo Secrets and Recipes, coming to you live from Tumay. This is Chris Tumay, Congo Square. Welcome, welcome, greetings, 
life-giving herbs, roots, plants, rituals, spirits, minerals. Indeed, the legacy, the traditions, the history, the culture, our sacred stories. And I ask you, and I invite you daily to visit us at OurSacredStories.com, www.OurSacredStories.com for your tour plus experience, reservations, detailed information, et cetera. We are truly indeed grateful for those who continue to show up here with me at high noon U.S. Central Standard Time for the creation of this squared circle of gods and goddesses, the creation of this sacred space, for indeed the creation of sacred space is critical to all that we might think to do, all that we might think we are, all truly who we absolutely are, and how that then comes forward demonstration is implicit in the creation of sacred space. For indeed, if you can't treat this space with sanctity, you can't treat this space with sanctity, then all out here, outside of self, is just a dramatic illusion. And so the creation of sacred space, understanding that spiritual knowledge and power lies in its efficacy and its ability to provide and produce lasting, reliable, tangible manifestations and results right here, right now, in this most present moment in time space. All else is vanity. All else is ego. All else is illusion. All else is comedy and entertainment. And whatever you do, don't call it voodoo. I want to Welcome each and every one of you, both individually and collectively. Um, I don't mean to overlook anybody. Uh, there's a lot going on at this switchboard here. Uh, I've completely lost my place, but I, I agree. Oh, here we are. We're at Coco Monday and Chef Uji, Denise Preston. Welcome, welcome. I agree, each and every one of you. And please do acknowledge our beloved moderator, Keona D. Carter, co-host, if you will, of the show. She helps me to maintain some order here in the chat so that I don't miss anyone. Greetings, Anthony. Greetings, beloved. Thank you for coming, especially today. I want to talk about what I feel to be one of the most important topics in voodoo. Mojuba Orisha, Iba Orisha. Welcome, beloved. I want to discuss voodoo and divination. It's a topic that people don't often like to confront, look at, explore, because we have to get down to details, and we have to get down to specifics, and we have to indeed get down to facts. And so my title today was Voodoo and Divination, but indeed, I added a little extra to it as I was loading my show. And I said, after God is Dibia. After God is Dibia. And some of you know, those of you who've been around for, like Tasha, <laughs> with me for a while, um, know that I'm actually more evil than I am Yoruba. But if I started speaking a lot of Igbo, if, if I started enunciating Igbo deities, for instance, uh, a Lucy, many of you would have no knowledge of that because it's not a part of the quote-unquote Orisha romance. So it doesn't make sense for me to do a show pronouncing, you know, fabulous foreign languages that a great deal of my audience might not 
comprehend and or understand. But I reinforce each and every day the dynamics of the Pan-African diaspora, the dynamics of ATR in the manifestation of voodoo, indigenous practice and tradition, in its myriad ways here in, in the New World. And indeed, voodoo, and particularly in this house, is a very generic term. It's a very universally applied term. Again, I've said it on the show previously that if you really want to look at ATR, indigenous practice and tradition, you have to look at ethnic groups. And so we've given a great deal of focus to the Yoruba. We've given a great deal of focus to to Cuba and to Puerto Rico and to Brazil and, and, and to many other places outside of, indeed, ourselves. And when we start looking at those DNA letters, those Jacob's letters, those strands of, of lineage that indeed hold us together, we have to embrace the truth that, that we're more than one thing, and indeed we're more than just Yoruba. There's God, and then there's Divya. It's a, it's a popular spiritual phraseology in Igbo tradition. And Divya among the Igbo are the mystic mediators between the human world and the spirit world who act as healers, scribes, teachers, diviners, advisors of people in the community. They are usually consulted at the time at the shrine of a community's major deity. Divya is a compound of the word D, which means professional or master or even father, not father, husband, depending on how it's, how it's utilized, and obia, D-obia, meaning doctrine, sciences. And I don't mean obia in, in the way we spell it, O-A-H. I mean in its most original form, O-B-I-A, from the perspective of the Igbo. The Dibya are believed to be destined for spirit work. The Dibya sees the spiritual world at any time and interprets the messages, the signs being sent and sees the spiritual problems of the living within their communities, within their families, within their compounds, within their villages. And so Dibya is a word that might be unfamiliar to, to many of you who aren't quite fluent in, in Igbo or some of the other ethnic groups in Nigeria beyond just the Yoruba, but the concepts behind what Dibia is. And the root word Obia is familiar to many of you. And so when we put it in this most authentic context, we have to look at lineage. We have to look at bloodline. And we have to look at the reality of the Middle Passage. Indeed, no one people, as we discussed on the previous show, were sent to one location exclusively, exclusively. And once you get here into this mess of the Americas, that indeed the slave trade must have have been for our ancestors, then you were at risk of being sold, shipped, bought, traded anywhere and to anywhere. And we must, again, reinforce the the reality of, of New Orleans being a port city, being a, a port location in this part of the world. And so many 
resources beyond just enslaved Africans would have been transported into the Americas and then on into Europe, hence the quote-unquote Middle Passage, the leg of of enslavement between the coast of West Africa and uh, Brazil or or the Caribbean Isles was just the beginning of a long journey of oppressive, uh, brutal behaviors that would have also carried our traditions, our secrets, our mysteries with us to wherever we would have been found, to wherever we would have manifest in the new world. And so the notion of any form of voodoo without divination is really not voodoo at all. You're indeed now referencing, if not hoodoo, and we're going to talk about that interplay between hoodoo and voodoo a little bit more today, but from a historical perspective, but also you're talking about witchcraft and the introduction of other new world ideas, concepts, old world ideas mixed in now into the Americas. And and that is a great segue, if you will, into sort of the controversy over the word usage, voodoo, with four O's, hoodoo, and how it became symbolic of, of bastardization, if you will, in the new world. There was indeed a time here in New Orleans where the people of color wanted to make a distinct separation between what people were doing, the community was doing, and then those who would otherwise appropriate it. And appropriation is is a new word, maybe not necessarily a new concept, but but a really new word. Uh, When we think of it in its much more raw terminology of the 16th and 17th century, um, we're talking about stealing. We're talking about bastardizing. We're talking about, if not bastardizing your tradition, taking your tradition away from you, telling you that it's heathenistic, that it's demonic, that, that it's somehow evil and of no use, versus now subjugating your tradition primarily for the selling of products, keeping spiritual supply shops and botanical doors open. We also have to look at the other way that we bastardize something. We humorize it. We make a joke of it. We make it out to be exaggerated, and we make it out to be somehow, you know, so exaggerated that it couldn't possibly be real. And we've walked in between those avenues of uh, rejection, bastardization, greetings, mom, appropriation, um, and then outright stealing it since we arrived in the Americas. It's been in question. And particularly here, particularly here, we see it in a more modern context in Central America, South America, Brazil. But at the same time, we acknowledge the heritage, the lineage, the historical practice and representation of, of those Maroons who fought to hold on to not just their lives, but the the cultures and the traditions and the rhythms and the beats that would have still existed uh, uh, within them to being forced to now become 
Catholic to become Christian in some cases. And, and in the cases, remember now, here in America, we weren't being forced to be anything at first. In fact, we were outright being denied access to religion, books and Bibles and, and, and gathering, if you will. So the notion that in the absence of tradition, we somehow disintegrated into just field slaves and house slaves um, is a part of the white supremacist narrative that shows up, particularly in, in religion. I say all the time, we, we all, in terms of division of labor, have our own role, individual specified role to play in liberation, in freedom, in revolution. Mine just happens to be spirituality and religion. But indeed, spirituality and, re- and religion may be one of the most ferocious weapons and tools, depending on how you look at it, how you apply it, uh, th- that has been used against us, but we've also had access to um, since this, this uh, dynamic began. Uh, and not just from the West Coast uh, of Africa. We don't give the Arabs in the Middle East enough credit for their uh, participation and, and some would say creation of slaving and slave trading um, to begin with. So indeed, the idea that our gods are somehow disempowered through enslavement, your magic is no good if you're allowed to be enslaved. Your gods are of no 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 significance in a Western mindset if you allow us to to dominate you, and and it's a battle that we still are battling even today in 2020 2021. It's an ongoing battle between the the proof in your in your gods in your power in your knowledge standing up. Versus the reality, the physical, carnal, material reality that we often find ourselves in. Greetings, beloved. Greetings, greetings. Welcome each and every one of you who I may not have acknowledged um, individually. I want to also acknowledge you collectively. I also invite you to use my phone lines at area code 845-277-9143. 845-277-9143, particularly if you uh, don't have a camera and you are unable to join us live on screen. You've heard me say more than once that without the fa, there would be no voodoo. Without voodoo, there would be no ifa. And, and we use those interchangeably. We use those one to supply and support the other and, and, and vice versa. And that is because if we reduce it to elements, there is nature, there is a plant, if you will, but then there's the mass. And that science, that divine science shows up in the fa. And based on your ethnic group, you might say fa, you might say afa, you might say Ifa, based on your ethnic group. So please stop asking me, how do I divine? How do I figure out what my lineage is if you are still unclear about what your ethnic background is, what your ethnic 
DNA chain is. It's indeed in that that makes my house separate, different from other houses. But it's also within that very truth that we discern lineage, that we discern the traditions that would have been maintained within the communities of those particular ethnic groups. When we look at the Gullah Geechee, for instance, on the East Coast, Southern East Coast, indeed there would be traditions, practices that have been uh, documented by archaeologists that are specific to that, to that region, specific to the ethnic groups, the families that would have lived and exist and operated in those communities. So, indeed, we see it representing itself differently in Venezuela, differently in Brazil, differently in Panama, differently in Cuba, and often hidden behind, masked behind that which was forced upon us. And in, and in the New World, we know that to be Catholicism, Christianity, and Islam at least in a new world, we can't say was enforced upon anyone, but it certainly was upheld and maintained by those families, those ethnic groups who were familiar with it, who remembered it, who knew that that was where they were from. Um, Alvin, A- not Alvin Ailey, uh, Alex Haley. Alvin Ailey is is historic dancer. Alex Haley is the uh, historic book author and creator, if you will, uh, roots, uh, the 1970s roots, uh, not the uh, roots that we filmed uh, in the last five years, but the roots from the 1970s. And that was one of the uh, ideas, if you will, that he played around with in his story. And, and that was that Kunta Kinte's family and, and lineage had been one of, of Islam uh, and, and a remembrance of Islamic practice and tradition. So he not only attempted to pass on the kids the language, the alphabet, the counting, particular words, but he also uh, passed on to her the the religion and the practice of Islam as he remembered it from the Senegal, Gambia, Senegal region, in, in which the character Kuta Kente was was based on in in roots. I say often and I say all the time that if we could count in Fon, if we could count in Eve, if we could count in Yoruba, then indeed we're only now being forced to learn to count in English, Spanish, Portuguese. But but it doesn't strip away our ability to connect to what's sacred in these traditions. And indeed without divination, none of these traditions have a have a framework, if you will of which to be built upon. I often say that ancestral worship and divination is indeed uh, a major component to ATR in general, ancestral veneration. But then, you know, I titled the show uh, After God, Then Dibia. But I might say After God and Ancestors, then indeed Dibia. And, And Dibia being that manifestation of spirit through the divine arts, the divine science of, of math and other ways in which these practices and traditions show up symbolically and maintain their livelihood into the new world. 
so much so that they are deeply ingrained in who many of us are and claim to be and represent today. Uh, a great book from which I kind of borrowed the title for this show called After God is Dibia, Igbo Cosmology, Divination, and Healing in Nigeria, Volume 1, Igbo Cosmology, Divination, and Sacred Science in Nigeria by John A. Ume, U-M-E-H, Ume, John A. Ume. It's a great book. Um, it's not really available anywhere for free, <laughs> of course. I would uh, advise strongly against clicking on the uh, PDF links that are often attached to this book. Um, there's so many of them that it's curious. Um, so I think that it might be something um, corrupted. So you'd be better off going to Amazon or to your bookstore um, and ordering or, or purchasing and buying this book directly if you are indeed interested um, in checking it out. Greetings, greetings, beloved uh, Lady Phoenix. Greetings, greetings. And I'm expecting... Um, an appointment today, too, a little bit early. So I'm going to need you all to kick in and kick in like right now. <laughs> I'm going to be moving on um, to to the rest of my day. Um, yeah, there's even some locations where this book is said to be authored by other people. So I would be very careful about trying to uh, click on and, and get that freebie. Everything free ain't free. Everything that's a dollar ain't a dollar. Everything that's on the low end of the price spectrum ain't on the low end of the price spectrum. It, it, it's not worth you contaminating your computer, is it? So I wouldn't click on those PDFs, but um, I would go to Amazon or some of your book retailers. Again, it's called... Uh, after God is Dibia, D-I-B-I-A, Igbo Cosmology, Divination, and Healing in Nigeria. For those of you who are familiar, there are at least 200 ethnic groups and languages spoken in Nigeria. The Yoruba, and it's not Yoruba, it's the Yoruba, <laughs> is one of them, and the Igbo is another, but, but there are several others, uh, to include the Hausa, um, which is little discussed um, in the HER circles because the Hausa are uh, primarily uh, Islamic uh, ethnic groups. And so we tend to seek out the ethnic groups that are not operating within the three main world religious traditional systems, uh, seeking what we identify as being more rooted, more grounded, more uh, indigenous. So I invite you um, to seek out ethnic groups. Choose an ethnic group, choose a handful, choose a dozen, and do your homework, do your research. Um, you'll find that often language will become an issue. Um, French is, is commonly what you're going to find quote-unquote, voodoo-oriented information in on online. If not, fine, or airway, which 
which even a, a smaller number of us can even identify, let alone read and or pronounce. So looking at ethnic groups like the Ikun, like the Yoruba, like the Akan, um, that are a little bit more fluid in English, you're more likely to find more material um, in English that can help you to sort of navigate those uh, systems and traditions. And, if, and of course, if you're a student, then you get you a great godparent who can walk you through uh, and navigate, help you navigate the um, dynamics of, of not only connecting to roots, but better understanding how the roots work and how they now show up in, in our world in a modern context. Um, some read by eight. Others read by 16. Others read by 12. And, and so understanding the specifics of any manifestation of, of voodoo, you have to know the language by which the spirits are speaking. We see a demonstration, and particularly in Haiti and here in the U.S. and, and in Sanse and, and even uh, Maria Leonza, a demonstration of divination by way of trance and trance possession. I say that if the Christians have a book and the uh, uh, Islams have, have a book and, and the Hindus have books, then indeed our quote-unquote book would be Odu and how Odu falls in divination. But there are demonstrations like America and Haiti here in the New World where you don't readily see the math structure of divination. You see transpossession. And we see the use, usage of regular cards in Haitian voodoo in, in, as a form of divination. But again, we're, that's no different than borrowing from tarot, a, a purely you know, Eurocentric notion today, and then bringing that into our, our traditions. I don't want to argue the roots of tarot being in Africa and Egypt. I, I clearly understand that, and many of you all do too, but that manifestation of, of tarot that we're seeing today is not rooted in Egyptian science. It's not rooted in, in Afrocentric, African-based um, uh, uh, science, spiritual science, save for Gibea, save for Ifa, the Fa, and, and how it's gathered great popularity here in the West, not just in our spiritual application, but in your technological application, speaks to the power and the prowess of of that binary system to not only foretell the past, the present, and the future by way of, of numbers and a binary code, but also to be able to create and recreate a reality that's in the image of God, indeed in our image, shaped and sculpted in our own image. Listen, y'all, if y'all don't have any questions, any comments for me, I can end the show at 35 minutes. I really don't have the schedule today to sort of talk and entertain y'all for two or three hours and then have y'all pile your questions up. Um, at the end of the show. I, I just don't have that time. So if you have questions, you have things you want me to, to, to talk about and explore, let me have it. Otherwise, I'm going to 
go a little bit more into my context, and then I'm going to move on to my to my appointment. It has been said that voodoo don't need divination. I, I would dare say that only a fool <laughs> would say such a thing. I would dare say that only a fool who knows nothing about voodoo whatsoever would make a statement of such. Again, if you're seeing what appears to be the illusion of African-based systems with no divination, you're probably looking at hoodoo, root work, corrupted conjure, with some mix of witchcraft in it. There, there is no indigenous-based system that's absent of divination. None. And so our refusal to better understand the dynamics of divination, and divination shows up in, in not just numerology, because some of you are all accountant shells, and you believe that to be the extent of divination. Um, but there's also symbolism, the pattern, the positioning of what's on the table, what's before you. I've seen a proliferation in recent years of supposed bone readers, um, and 98% of them are European bone readers. And so I'm not understanding, other than some of the, you know, random books I've ran into online, <laughs> through some of my, my book journey, uh, where they're even getting their understanding of what bone reading is. A bone reading isn't about feeling. Bone reading isn't about being empathic. Bone reading, like five divination, is a science that that requires a, a, a coded awareness that's not easy to locate in a book. I, I challenge you to try and locate divination in in airway, divination in in five. Divination for Igbo. I challenge you to look for that. I challenge you, you know, we do these little Google and Bing challenges. I challenge you to look for that. It's not out there. And where it is out there, you've got to have a certain order of words. Keona know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Wapani know what I'm talking about. You have to have a certain order of words, and then you have to have an inner standing of the word that you're using. You can type Ifa right now, I-F-A, in Bing, and nothing Yoruba will come up on the screen. In fact, there are businesses, there are industries, there are companies and corporations, you know, that have those acronyms, I-F-A. So, so if you don't have other associated words like Yoruba, like divination, then you're not going to find in a common search. We also discussed yesterday that uh, what's popularized shows up first in the search engines. What's paid for, uh, i.e. promotion and advertisement shows up first in your search engine. And then what's heavily promoted shows up first in your search engines. There are certain new projects, new technologies, new products, for instance, that show up you know, in, in your email box or show up, you know, as an advertisement on YouTube even. 
and you go to research that and everything in the search is that thing. Even the reviews, even the instructions, <laughs> you know, are from that particular company or that particular entity. And, and so that's not unbiased. That's not, you know, that's not information that's useful. We used to call this the information highway back in the 70s. Back in the 80s, we called this the information highway. But information does not equate to education. Information does not equate to wisdom. Information does not equate to the appropriate application thereof. How many products have you ever bought? How many pieces of furniture have you ever bought offline and got the instructions and it was in German, it was in Chinese, it was in Spanish, it was in, it was in everything but English. And, and, and what was understandable was in diagrams, pictures, numbers, step one, step two, step three. So what good is that to you if you don't understand? And I like to say understand because people will look you right in the face and say, oh, yeah, I, I, I get it, and, until you start breaking down those words. So you all start asking questions. We have a complex in America, and it's not just black people either, by the way. We have a complex in America about education. And so we are not quick to admit what we don't know, what we don't understand, what we can't readily make sense of. We, we somehow think that makes us weak or, 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 or makes us look bad, even in terms of resume writing. Um, back in my former life when I had to do that, you know, how often did you hear people would fudge their resume, would corrupt their resume, you know, thinking that it would be so many of them and, and just maybe they aren't going to look into the, the fine details of a thing. Just maybe they aren't going to actually do a background check. Just maybe they aren't going to find out that Hulu Central is really a product of New Orleans and not a product, you know, of, of Georgia, you know. So we have got to move ourselves to a place where we're willing to be revolutionary, we're willing to be proactive, we're, we're willing to protest, we're, we're willing to be activists, but we're also willing to acknowledge the work associated with it and the expertise that comes in the the understanding of the work. Card reading, um, thank you, Denise Preston. I love you. You always active. You always participate. You always got questions. I'm grateful for you and your participation in the show. Um, she has no fear of me, and, and neither should you. <laughs> so come on with your questions and your comments. Um, card reading started showing up in voodoo, obviously, in the New World. It showed up in, in Haiti when we were given access to cards, when we were given access to that as, as a product. Um, I also believe that card reading developed, just like using the Bible, for instance, to mask your ATR, using Catholic statuary 
to match your ATR. So I also think that that the cards, and even to some degree dominoes, some of y'all don't know about doing readings with dominoes. Um, you can, well, I'm not going to give it all away, but you can uh, use cards to mask the notion that you're doing anything spiritual necessarily. You know, you could just be that crazy, you know, darky slave that's got some kind of excessive solitaire game going on. You know, I don't know what the mindset would have been. Um, you know, we would really have to go into trans mediumship and really put ourselves in that position. Um, and, and by the way, while I'm speaking of that, um, I've tried many times over the course of my my life and my spiritual life to have past life regression done. I've always said that one day when I can afford it, I'm actually going to hire a professional hypnotist and see if a hypnotist can take me back into some of those uh, past life memories that I'm unable to access. But slavery, to a great degree, is a blur for me. Um, it, it's not a arrogant thing. It's, it's not a, you know, I, me wanting to not acknowledge my connection to, you know, Africa and, and, and enslavement, obviously. Uh, but it's a reality based on my aggressive work in that regard. Uh, the closest I've gotten is a watermelon patch where I was lynched in. Um, and, and to this day, meaning in this present life, I can't stand the smell of watermelon. The smell of watermelon will make me vomit. Now, I can handle artificial watermelon, watermelon now later. I can handle honeydew, which is not very far removed from watermelon in, in terms of the smell. But, but real organic watermelon, especially ripe watermelon, I can't handle. Right now, my stomach is turning. <laughs> my mouth is watering, you know, like when you want to earl. Yeah, I, I can't handle it even to this day. But trying to resurrect slave memories, I have not been able to do it, either house or field. Um, and I don't believe that that means that I have no slave ancestry. I, I know that to not be true, uh, even though I have not been able to find it yet, documented, by the way, um, in all of my ancestry DNA and 23 and me, I still have not found a documented slave by name yet. Um, but I know that they're there. Uh, but the the notion of reading cards started on this side of the, of the Atlantic. Of course, there was no card reading. Uh, there's no card reading and divination even today in, in West Africa. Um, we use shells. We use uh, palm nuts. We use other organic materials, uh, pebbles, sand, nature, uh, droppings of animals, entrails uh, in, in terms of divination. So the introduction of tarot cards, the introduction of ruins, the introduction of Western astrology, because indeed we had astrology in the indigenous world. We would have had astrology in the Middle Passage. We would have brought astrology with us to the new world. Have you seen the movie Amistad? We were aware of, of the moon and, and the stars and the placement. But 
tarot cards, playing cards. Denise, um, that was all introduced um, relatively in modern times in terms of, of history. I would say in the last 200 years. Yes, the Goddess Initiative, thank you. All of the good PDFs that she's found on anything has taken her hours of creative wording and going up 10 pages in. If, if they even have that many, by using her work computer in case of a virus. Okay, I got you on the viruses. Uh, you just need some good security, that's all. You just need some good security, and you need to have the right things in place on your computer. And I don't click on anything. I know some of y'all are trying it. If somebody under the sound of my voice right now is trying it. It's not working. It's not working, and they're sending all kind of stuff to my to my email. You know, first, they try greed. You know, it's the email that has money attached to it. You know, millions of dollars are available, or, you know. Or, or, or they try love, you know. Sometimes it's a man, sometimes it's a woman. But they, but you gotta click on this link, and that's why I keep telling y'all: leave that messenger alone, leave that Facebook messenger alone. All those random instant messages are not coming from your mama, your sister, your friend, your brother, your cousin. It's a bot, B-O-T. It's a bot. But finding real information is not easy. Uh, why else do they charge for education? And, and why so much for education? Uh, and, and I know we can help. I, I just opened a can of worms on that. But um, finding real information about us is not easy. Finding real information about indigenous cultures and traditions are not easy. And some of the things that I find some of you would be diametrically opposed to reading face value. And because of that, you miss the reward. For instance, a lot of these good documents that really give you contextual information about ethnic groups in sub-Saharan Africa, for instance, are being generated by evangelical Christian groups and other religious groups who want to convert those people. And so, for instance, I'm looking at a document right now, Good News Theological College and Seminary, a proposal towards Afa divination among the Anlo Ewe in Ghana, an epitome of prophetic utterance of charismatic churches in Ghana by Robert Yeo Swar. And it was presented to a Reverend Dr. Thomas Oduro in Oyibi Duduwa Road in Ghana. And so these evangelicals, and they all not American, you know, they've converted a great deal of, of West Africans on the continent to do the work. They don't always have to physically go over there and, and, and stir the pot, if you will. But I run across documents such as this all the time. Um, the social and cultural religious views of the Anlo Airways outlined in this paper. The history of the Airway Anlos in Ghana. The exodus of the Airway Anlos in Ghana. The history of Afa divination 
what Afa divination is about. The Afa divination in biblical concept, the methods and elements of Afa divination. So you have to be well studied. You have to be erudite. Your third eye has to be open, but so too does your practicality. Because now you have to separate the wheat from the tear, as they say. Now you have to separate what's drama. Something going on outside. Um, Now you have to separate the drama from the truth. Often what is presented right up front to you, we talked yesterday about the food and and the product placement at the end of the aisle. Um, That's what y'all are getting in your Google search. That's what you're getting in your Bing search. And so your nice little cozy Orisha romantic list of spirits and days of the week, and it's a condensing of information. But now it's so popularized that it's often overtly prepared to capture you for some detour beyond living your truth. And I proclaimed yesterday, we don't need any more distractions. We don't need any more detours. We don't need any more books, book authors, speakers, teachers, etc. presenting detours to our destiny, preventing us from getting to where we need to be, and particularly in this present dispensation, in this present in time space. Yes, if you have any connection to Goddess Initiative or anyone else listening to an actual slave, you know, in your family, that, that that's powerful. Um, we generalize enslavement, and, and some now in conspiracy say, well, you know, my family was already here. What I say, show me the DNA. <laughs> show me the 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 uh, the, the uh, lineage, the blood work. But um, yeah, there aren't many of us that are readily and easily able to point to a plantation, point to a particular location. Now, now I know my people moved from Bogalusa, Louisiana, to Louise, Mississippi. And we're a part of the creation of that town, hence the name Louise, which is very French, Creole, Eastern, Southeastern Louisiana. Um, And they left Boogaloosa right before Boogaloosa became an incorporated uh, area, incorporated city. And they moved up Delta, uh, up, up river to Louise, Mississippi. And they carried a great deal of the practices and the traditions and the foods and the flavor and the culture with them. But they also let go of, of several others that, that might be of importance to, to me or to us um, today. Uh, my great-great-grandparents on my father's side were also Passant Blanc. So we can assume, again, another degree of information that may have been either hidden or lost as a person tries to pass for white, tries to get along in, in America without their lineage, their heritage, their background being evident. Yeah, traditional real 
Matthew Ferguson, real traditional bone information is difficult to get access to. And I'm going to say why. I'm going to say it has everything to do with PETA and the Western ideal set about animals. Uh, We don't talk a lot about animals on this show. We don't talk a lot about sacrifice on this show. We don't talk a lot about blood on this show. Not that it's not real, not that it's not happening, but I'm not about to be responsible for making no monsters out of none of y'all, developing no kitchen witches out of none of y'all to do crazy things. I already got a godchild that's doing some crazy things. I, I don't need more. And secondly, it's just politically incorrect, uh, Matthew, in, in many regions of the country. Florida had to fight for it. The South had to fight for it to some degree, but it's still often not discussed. So, so finding real authentic information about bone reading, I believe, gets lost in the politics of, of that aspect. You know, where the bones come from? Who's producing these bones? <laughs> you know, that becomes a tricky issue for the Western palate. I hear you saying God has said she got a master's degree in research. Um, and I, I, I got quite a few people, I believe, who graduated from your school. My mama would be one of them. My mama taught me how to research. Uh, my mama, I like to say it, was the first college-educated woman on her mother's side of the family. And so I grew up watching my mom do business in the marketplace doing business at, at the bank. Uh, and then when she, uh, you know, my mom is a retired teacher, uh, when she was in her workplace, I, I saw some of the dynamics of education and, and schooling and school system uh, and how that happens and how that comes together. Um, so having a degree in research, have, having a degree in, in reading, uh, reading is fundamental. That's a meme today. We make that to be a joke today. Again, going back to the state of of the American mindset, we joke about being studious. We joke about the kid who kept up with their homework. We we belittle, you know, the guy like me who had a greater interest in culture and art and music, you know, and creativity than I did in sports or, or, or recess. Um, we joke about that in, in America. While we stereotype Asians for being super smart, which is equally racist and equally dangerous, by the way. You know, a- Asians are committing suicide if they can't live up to uh, the idea, the Western idea of, of success in, in their own family, in their own homeland. So we, we often think that the toxicity of racism and slavery and, and white supremacy only is a black and white thing. It affects the entire globe. It just shows up differently based on who you are and where you come from and what you look like and how you're able to navigate at any given moment in, in present moment in time space. So I'm grateful for my mom. I'm grateful for her taking us to the library. I'm grateful for her carrying us to museums. I'm grateful for her exposing us to culture and 
tradition um, and education and information so that I'm not a lemming, so that I'm not a sheep. You know, th- those are words that your Republican patriots are throwing around today. <laughs> but, but they're absolutely the sheep. They're absolutely creating the very dynamic by which many are just following, no matter which side of the coin you're on. Many are just following. If that weren't true, we wouldn't have advertisement. We wouldn't have TV commercials, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Greetings, Neophyte Bokur. Thank you for coming. You probably didn't hear me say a little bit earlier that I'm going to keep it moving. Um, I've got a lot on my plate today. Oh, I also want to acknowledge for those of you who supported, for those of you who showed love, for those of you who sent donations, the divination room just on the other side of that wall coming together. It will be open in a manner of days. I I can't say exactly when. I still have another major delivery coming. Um, My church pew. I'm waiting on my church pew. And when my church pew get here, then then I'll open the doors as well as the camera. Um, I've already got it set up. I'm prepared to do the show from any other area of the house that I that I need to. Um, and the divination room will be a, a great space for us to work work in and work through. I also want to alert my Patreon supporters and subscribers. Give me 24 hours, and Patreon is going to be overloaded, overloaded. So if you're already on my Patreon, thank you. I'm grateful for your support. But if you're not, you might want to get on now. This might be the time. Um, You might have to play a little catch-up with what's already there and then what I'll be uploading uh, in the next 12 12 to 24 hours. Um, I'm open and welcoming your your feedback. Yeah, my mom is a blessing. Um, My mom is still very much alive and well and youthful um, and and knowledgeable and expanding and growing. Um, My mom doesn't fit many of the stereotypes that we place on on the elderly or, or, or our aging community. Um, so, yeah, I'm absolutely grateful for my mom, for, for the demonstration of my mom, for the hell and back that me and my mom and my sister Wapani, you know, have gone through. Um, you hear me talk about us as a trio um, because in many ways we are a trio. Um, I have other family. My dad is still living. I have brothers and sisters that are still living who, who aren't an active part of my life every day who aren't an active part of my reality every day. And, and, and many of you share that, that similar story. And it doesn't prevent me, block me, stop me from living my best life, presenting my best demonstration, making sure it's documented and recorded for future uh, dexterity. It, it doesn't stop me from being and becoming, indeed, who my head would have me to be. My, my God should know what I mean. Because without your head, you have, you have nothing without your head. Without your consciousness, you have nothing. 
And so if you give your consciousness over to addiction, over to depression, over to negative thoughts, over to negative feelings, the illusion that it's created, recreated from the outside grows and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. But the truth is, particularly if you 21, 25, 30, 35, you now have control over your life. You now have control of your destiny. And for those of you who have children, you now have the, 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 the controls, if you will, of your little one in your hand. So do what's in your best interest. Live your best life. Be your best you. We don't have to live a life of, of industry and, and, and punching the clock anymore unless we want to, unless you choose to, unless that's the only option available to you, unless that's the only thing that you know. And so within that, there is the opportunity for exploring, for acquiring, for gathering that which you don't have, that which you don't know, and transcending the blocks transcend the blocks. Listen, I can't help you transcend the blocks in three minutes on Psychic World. I understand. People wait and, and come with the deepest of questions. And some of you try and do that copy and paste and pop all that in on me. I can't answer your whole life in, in, in three minutes, you know, on Psychic World. I, I, just, I just can't. But for those of us who are willing to do that work, to put in that time, to do some research, to do some study, it's so rewarding. It's so rewarding. And, and, and the empowerment and the blessing that comes from doing that work can't be taken from you, can't be stolen from you, can't be shaken out of you. It's indeed yours now. And the opportunity to pass that on to other generations, to pass that on to those who will come behind us. Because y'all not thinking about the people who's going to come behind you in five years, 10 years, 15 years. And heaven forbid, knock on wood, we don't know who will be here in five years. Ooh, Tasha, Tasha, love. Tasha, I thought Queenie Farmer would live forever. Didn't you? So we, we, we never know who won't be here a year from now or two years from now. You never know if you will be here six months from now, a year from now. So live your best life. Document your best life. Beloved, stop tweeting all of your despair, all of your sadness, all of your desperation, all of your depression. Stop tweeting that. It only creates a, a vortex of, of victimization around you. The sharks and the vultures swarm around you energetically when you do that. Stop, stop doing that. Stop doing that. And they say in the 12-step program, fake it until you make it. So put up a smiley face. I do it. Ask my mom. <laughs> I do it almost every day. Put up the sun. You know, put up put up coffee, but, but stop bearing your desperation to the world. It only makes you a target. 
for, for more of that. It only makes you a target for more of that. Not just that vortex that pulls that, that recreated reality in, but those who would otherwise victimize, those who would otherwise take advantage of the weak, those who would otherwise take advantage of, of you when you're not in your moment of strength, and gather support around you that is positive, that is uplifting, that is empowering. I know I've gotten way off my topic of, of voodoo and divination. There is no voodoo without divination. <laughs> there is no voodoo without fa. There is no voodoo without ifa. There is no ifa without voodoo. And if we want to go ethnic group to ethnic group, there's no African-based spiritual system. There's no indigenous world system that does not include divination and our ability to connect with spirit for answers to real-world solutions, real-world blocks, real-world healing. Listen, I'm grateful for each and every one of you. Um, I'm dehydrated. My mouth is dry, and I'm going to stop. Yeah, you've got to document your life, um, Artist April. We are all documenting our life right now whether we want to acknowledge it or not. And for some of you, it, it is what it is. For some of you, it's going to sound shady. But what does your Twitter say about you, really? What does your Instagram say about you, really? And, and I know some of you see that as a whole nother virtual, unreal world that has no real effect on your quote-unquote real reality. But if you 15, 16, 18, 20, 25, 30, and you plan to apply for a job anytime soon, you better believe they're looking at your Instagram. You better believe they have access to your Twitter. But let's say you aren't a young one. Let's say you are a little bit older. What does your Twitter, what does your Facebook, what does your Instagram say about you in a context of something that you're great grandchildren might find. And I know you think that if I, you know, well, I might delete my profile. Well, okay. Maybe. Maybe. The Goddess Initiative and I will have you know that there's some people out there who are hot on the copy and paste button. And and the minute y'all post that foolishness, they've already got the screenshot of it. There's no such thing as, as deleting it. Well, I'm going to delete my page. Well, I'm going to go back and, you know, and delete my post. I'm going to throw up some crazy YouTube video and, and then five minutes later have regrets about it. It shows up in your email as a, as a gray box. Y'all know that's what's happening, right? They, they go back and they delete that email. By the time they get to your email box, uh, that YouTube video is gray because they've deleted it. Because you all are posting on spontaneous energy. You all are, are, are posting on, on the feeling in the moment, just like your president. You all are posting what you say, what you feel, what you think. And in some cases, you are deliberately posting stuff that you don't believe, that you don't think. I got a friend who's a, a TV producer who does that, posts some of the craziest stuff 
that I know he don't believe, <laughs> that I know he don't support, and, and he might be fishing. That might be his way of fishing. You know, he want to see how many idiots agree, and, and then maybe he has plans for you. I, I don't know. But I'm going to move on, y'all, because y'all not talking enough for me today. Nobody's on screen. Nobody's on the phone. And I just can't entertain y'all like that for two or three hours. I just can't. I just can't. But I invite you to stay in there. Stay in there. This, this is not the time to give up. This is not the time to back down. This is not the time to back up. This is the time to persevere and to move forward. If we're ever going to shatter not just racism and white supremacy, but bigotry and prejudice, how it shows up in religion, we've got to be a shining example for ATR. We can't support foolishness. We can't co-sign foolishness. We can't sit back and watch foolishness happen. We just can't. And, and so do it for your children. Do it for your grandchildren. Do it for your great-grandchildren. Do it for the next generation. All is truly and indeed a blessing. Ashe. Ashe in 
Jumping feet. 